I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. Preparation. None. 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 Oh. Playing it by ear. Playing it by ear. Man, this thing is taking a hot minute to download, so we're just going to bail on that, and I'll just leave that tab open. Yeah, I'm, I'll send you the uh, the goods in Messenger, or I can throw them up if you want. Uh, so I have to open them in a separate, like in preview that way. Okay. So then I'll send them a messenger. Give me, give me a minute. If you want to kick the tires and light the fires, kick it. We're here. Uh, it's episode 182 of snakes and stogies. It must be Monday night. Could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. And that means the world to us. We appreciate it very much. Some of the usual suspects in the chat, Skyler, Adam Jenkins. Uh, who else was, was kicking around here earlier? Robert. Um, yeah, we're here. Didn't have THP on Thursday. Jake was leaving for uh, Florida Friday, so he had some stuff he had to catch up on, so we ended up just kind of punting. Um, so... That explains the uh, the gap there between between episodes here. But we sh- we as far as I know, we are back this week. We do have uh, someone lined up, so it should be happening. Oh, this episode is brought to you by BlackBoxCages.com. Uh, you need a rack, or you need a cage. Maybe you need a little bit of both. You go and you grab some. You go to BlackBoxCages.com. And you shop around, and then you put something in the cart, and then you put the code THN in at checkout, and you get 10% off your order. So, saves a little bit. If you're in the greater southeast region of the U.S., uh, you can pick up. You don't even have to necessarily ship. You can save yourself some of that uh, pain and heartache and just go pick it up. Me and Jake like to do that because then we actually end up getting more because we, we, we're we not spending as much. Um, you know, sure, gas ain't cheap, but it's at least a fun little trip for most people. It's not too terrible of a drive, except for maybe for Phil. Um, but most other people that aren't on the very tendrils of the continent, um, it's not that bad. So check them out. Facebook, Instagram, I believe... They're drawing for their giveaway tonight. If not, they may have already, but today was the last day to enter. So, Keller would have filled in on Thursday. Oh, good Lord. Save everybody from that. Uh, Blackboxcages.com. Check them out. We love them. The whole team at THN loves them. We say that wholeheartedly. Uh, and then Puget Sound Pythons, the Gendra, the Pacific Northwest. Got to be more Pacific. 
go on Morph Market, give them a follow. See what they got going on. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Stay in the loop with what they have cooking. Uh, FullVisaApparel.com. Also, use the code THN at checkout. Get yourself a shirt. Holiday season's coming up. I got to figure out some sort of Black Friday sale because everyone else is. Um, definitely plan on, on doing some sort of specials with the holidays and stuff coming up. So please stay in the loop for that. Uh, also give me a follow on there on Facebook and Instagram, trying to get the word out about the brand more. So the more people can share it and stuff, the more you're helping your boy out. It's much appreciated. Uh, the best coffee money can buy cold blooded caffeine. You need to check it out. Use the link down below in the description here. If you buy something, me and Phil get a little, little bit off the, you know, little, little something for it. Nothing crazy, frankly. If even if we don't, it don't matter to me because they just got good stuff, and you need to, you need to give it a shot. So, please check that out. Phil is currently gathering some, uh, some quick game, game oh, show here. accoutrement. I'm here. So I actually, I, we haven't had a game night in a while. We haven't. And, and he uh, texts me. 10 minutes before we start saying, I want to do game night. <laughs> I want to do game night. So there's, ah. a, there's a method to my madness. So yesterday I had oh, a, a very productive day of sitting around doing nothing. My significant other and I decided to make a decision. We made the decision together. And after much thought and deliberation, we decided to purchase Monopoly on Nintendo oh. Switch. And my oh my, Monopoly on Nintendo Switch, Monopoly in 3D, right? I mean, it's not the best graphics. I mean, it was on sale. It was like eight bucks, but it was like You're a not four, playing Monopoly for the graphics. It was like a four-hour match between just the two of us, which is I think is the yeah. roughest part because it's only two people. Yeah. And it was like four hours. And finally, I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I can see defeat. I had like $8 to my name. And I had to, <laughs> I had to mortgage everything. She she took me to the cleaners. So, uh, honey, if you're listening, I love you. And uh, the rematch will ensue. I feel like, but, isn't it something like that? Isn't Risk the same way? Like, there will be games of Risk that seem to last forever. Yeah, there's a whole Seinfeld episode about it. Oh. Um, but but yeah, I figured you know what we haven't had game night in a while, and Full Vis Apparel needs to rip some brand. So uh, let's do this. Um, I am I have the species in my mind. I'm just trying to get the perfect pictures. I want it to be challenging, but not as challenging as it was in the past because everyone's going to hate us. So uh, Smitty I can. Really, I didn't really pull any punches with the the three that I picked. So I the problem is that the species that I want to use, like it, they're either dead giveaways or <laughs> or or no one's gonna get two it, people so. know it yeah that's yeah. stupid yep so uh any updates down yonder not really man not really everything's a uh, status quo for me um uh, i'm waiting for my trans pecos copperhead background to show up um that i did a small I had this small arboreal vision. I think I talked about it on here before, and I'm trying to make it as transpacosy as I can for the copperhead environment. So that should be here this week, which means I, I made a mistake of putting the substrate in before I put the sticker, the sticker background. So now I have to like take a razor and like scrape some excavator clay off the back wall and whatnot. Really clean it up. Yeah, and uh, I started sketching out ideas for a uh, my adult 
female Subak. So I'm starting to figure out how I want to do that. And she is of River Road, River Road locality. So I'm thinking we have that. I took that panoramic shot. I've got when, with, I think I have the picture with Julander in it. If you want to use that one, yeah, I thought about that too because you and I took the same picture of him, like standing <laughs> there, like look at me, I'm, I'm surveying the land. I thought about putting him as like a cameo. What's that? Looking over his kingdom. Yeah, looking over his kingdom, like Mufasa. Um, I thought about putting him in there as like a cameo. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that'd be hilarious, but uh, I'm still deciding how I want to like do the rocks and the drawing on cocktail napkins and what have you, but. Other than that, man, everything is honky dory. Status quo. What about you? Uh, finally got around to taking pictures of of the, you know, some corns that I've I've got to post still. Um, so if anyone's interested, hit me up. Some really nice hypo. Some of them are are definitely masked. Some of them are probably masked. There's a couple testers in there, but they're all het uh, pied. They're all het annery. Um, they're all hypo, and they all look. They all look pretty good. So diffused as well. Diffuses in the mix. Um, really, really good looking snakes. There's a couple as I was taking pictures. I'm like, I really should not get rid of you, but at the same time, like, I can't hold on to everything. So, um, other than that, nothing, nothing new to report either. Um, no news is good news. That's right. So, the usual. Uh, it is finally cooling down to where cleaning rodents on the weekends is not brutal. I can actually do it without suffocating and drowning in my own sweat. Speak for yourself. It is 80 degrees here. It's, I mean, it's like 80. Eh, it's, it's like and in the mid 70s here. Right? 78% humidity. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> 78. Yeah. Kasiki got him some corns. He did. Yeah. So. Um, I haven't posted pictures anywhere. I, I, I am going to get them on Morph Market at some point. I just haven't renewed my my plan. That's the only reason I haven't um, meant to post them on like the Facebook page and stuff. And frankly, I was just like, I just don't I didn't have the energy. That's where we're at. It's like, I'm tired. I want to sell some snakes, but I'm also tired. And uh, selling snakes is a lot of a lot of work. So, just going to suffer slowly and silently. Um, but while you get that, so I'm actually, for whatever reason, I go through these phases with reading where, like, I'll go on a reading kick and I'll read, like, every night for, like, a month. And then I won't touch a book for, like, three. So, I have three books currently that I have, like, started and am picking up again after, like, six months of not touching them. Uh, and one of those is... Hunters in the Trees, a natural history oh. of arboreal snakes, which is an amazing book. It's not a big book. It's not a thick book. But it's a great book. But Mother of God, the amount of like awesome information that that Richard, I think Sajak Sat Sadak, S-A-J-D-A-K. Uh put in this thing is is phenomenal. And there was a part I was reading the other night. That made me had me thinking about our whole conversation about uh, Steraria and uh, ringnecks. Yeah. Um, so I figured I wanted to, to read a little excerpt 
excerpt about, oh, talking about the niche partitioning talking about the niche partitioning of sorts and how uh they found that there was basically you can have certain areas with certain trees and you'll have three species that technically should occupy the same niche but they actually find that you have one species that hangs out more towards the bottom of that tree, one that stays more towards the middle and the outer branches, and then one that stays more at the top. And they're feeding on three different things that occupy also three different niches within that same tree. Um, and it also talked about how basically if, if something's in a given area and it has a niche for a particular thing, the likelihood of there being another thing in that same niche doing the same thing is very slim. So I was reading it and I thought it was... I thought it was interesting, so I figured I'd. I'd yeah, let's hear it. Story time. Let's hear it. I just gotta find the 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 good spot. Um. And anyone anyone who doesn't have that book, whether you keep arboreal species or not, get that book. It's so it's, good. It's so it's a cheap book. It's a good book. Um, it, it's Krieger Publications, right? Yes, you can get yeah. it on Hamilton Books right now for I think like. 10 bucks yeah so creaker publications did hundreds of natural history and uh, natural history books science books but mostly reptile and amphibian stuff and it they're out of they're long out of business they're I out mean, of publication this, this was published in like 2017 yeah but they're they're gone now so yeah but I'm find them get them now dated. yeah it's not dated at all but again if you like arboreal stuff definitely get it if you don't care about arboreal stuff but you want to learn more and expand your herpetological horizons i highly recommend it so does smitty so does billy hunt so does eric yeah. burke so does casey cannon i just know they all have the book too uh so it starts this is the fifth chapter that basically is talking about that uh partitioning of sorts and how you have all these different arboreal species that are all eating very similar things, but they're somehow found their own little lanes and they're staying in them somewhere or another. Um, so it says, when we look at Central American tree snakes, for example, we find numerous species which can be grouped together into guilds of subtle complexity and diffuse borders. So Central America has three species of thin-nosed diurnal lizard hunters, several genera and numerous species of frog hunters and so on through all the complex possibilities of tree snake morphology and behavior. Each species is unique, complex. Each species is unique, com each species unique, complex of behavior and morphology. The organism's functional position in its environment is called a niche by ecologists derived from the word for a recess in a wall where a statue is kept. It brings to mind a series of cubby holes one for each species and no other. However, identifying the factors which separate the species from one another can be difficult. When ecologists first began to investigate ecological competition in the late 1930s, Dr. G.F. Gauss, Gauss or Gauss, it's G-A-U-S, I guess Gauss, Gauss, performed an elegant uh, series of experiments pairing different species of uh, paramecium, microscopic one-celled animals, and test tubes he switched different species pairs, inoculated the tubes with different densities of protozoa, varied the culture media, but rather than finding the two protozoa coexisting in their tiny world, as one might expect, at least in some cases, one species usually eliminated the other. By varying nutrients, temperature, or other conditions, uh, Gauss found he could change the identity 
of the victorious species, but competition inevitably inevitably led to the extirpation of one of the species. In other words, one niche, one species. In one experiment, two species of paramecium did seem to coexist. However, when Gauss looked close, more closely at the experiment, he learned that even a test tube could be subdivided. One species lived in the top half of the test tube, and the other species inhabited the bottom. Even no in as simple and artificial a system as a test tube, it is possible to find two niches. Wow. Super cool, man. Uh, as the competitive exclusion principle, also called the Gauss principle, was tested and became firmly established as a principle of ecology, teasing out how species divided up their world became an intrusive an instructive part of an ecologist's work. In other uh, in another classic investigation, Robert MacArthur spent years observing five species of wood warblers, small insectivorous birds, in New England spruce forests. It appeared that at first the birds must be competing. All five fed on spruce, budworms, caterpillars, which parasitize spruce trees. However, close analysis showed MacArthur that the birds had actually divided the trees into different feeding zones. One species feeding at the top, one spe- one at the tip of side branches, another on the- and another on the trunk. Like the paramecium that divided the test tube, the birds were able to find their own role, their own niche, in a seemingly uniform sea of spruce trees and caterpillars. Other experiments with marine snails, barnacles, cormorants, and lizards have confirmed the utility of this principle in understanding the ecology of related species. And it kind of go, goes on to talk about uh, Chironius and Leptophis, Oxybellus, you know. Very cool. A similar thing where you have frog eaters, you have lizard eaters, and there's very little crossover unless there's there's absolutely, you know, no choice. Uh, you know, they talk about the gut content of some of these animals that they come across, these species of snake uh, and most of the time they find sort of what they expect, but then every now and then you'll find an animal that ate something that they were not used to finding. And it was one of those things where it was like, they took advantage of a situation. That's kind of it. So it just goes to show you, like most of us get a lot of, we get books, we collect books, especially her books. I've flipped through that book a million times. I've never read a cover to cover, but I never read that. That's fascinating. That's like the first page in the fifth chapter. No, I know. Well, I, I go to the parts that I, that I want to read. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Especially like reference books like that. Yeah. But it also talks about how it's it's incredibly complex and hard to to be able to say exactly what's going on with so many species because there's so many variables in terms of uh microclimates, like a single right. tree being its own ecosystem in a way, and it's yeah. different from from a tree 20 yards away. Uh, But the reason like it talks about Bob Henderson looking at vine snakes in the Dominican. And it turns out that those were sort of a perfect animal, uh, a perfect group of snakes to sort of study because so many of those variables were cut out because there's so few snake species in the Dominican and each one of those vine species, vine snake species, you don't find together with other ones. Like they're they're in their own sections, which made it really easy to study them and find them and sort of study what what prey species abundancy looked like and and other things like that. So it's really it's really cool. Um, again, super cheap. Uh, Hamilton book, HamiltonBooks.com. Yeah, man, they have a ton of cool herb books. They do. it's it's dangerous yeah and most of them are Krieger publications so uh, 
goes to show you that they probably bought out their remaining stock but like i think i've bought 15 books from oh, them, yeah. and like Easy. everything everything was under 20 bucks yeah 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 it's ridiculous at first we thought it was a scam because i remember like yeah i looked at you like you showed it to me and then burke said he had gotten some stuff but he hadn't received it yet and so we were like is this legit or they just take us out the prices were so low it was like there's no way this is is legit because i got like kaleidoscope tree boas which was a book i had always wanted but just never bothered to get uh which was a krieger book and they had neotropical tree boas and some other ones that were like 10 bucks and i'm like this is suspiciously cheap and uh sure enough i mean everything arrived packaged great and and everything so it's legit get some dvds and stuff on there too i guess oh yeah there's all kinds of stuff on there but cool but it's a really really cool book uh really sort of made me think more of of more outside the box in terms of when you're looking for things it's not always as simple as like the weather's good you know like there's there's the tin may look perfect the, the weather conditions may be perfect but Maybe there's something that you just can't see that's not there, and that's the reason you're not finding stuff. You know, you just got to look look broader, look at the bigger picture. Yeah, definitely. What are you smoking this evening? I I've been on a Padron kick, and I got another uh, a 1926 series. So another box press Toro. <clears throat> And yourself? Uh, La Gloria Cubana Medio Tempo. Medio Tempo. This is a, it's a good, inexpensive stick that Roger's had sitting on the shelf for quite some time, and I really enjoy them. has this kind of a slight sweetness to it that I, I like. Nice. Um, not flavored, though. Just a, It's just not a flavored. I don't, well, I mean, it, it's kind of like those Dunbarton... Uh, creme brulees where it's like he claims they're not but it kind of tastes like they are but it's not overpowering and it's not taking over the entire sort of experience of of the of the flavors um i don't know i just again i like them it's a it's a good smoke excellent incredible Uh, I did want to ask, first of all, that is also the book that I had mentioned a couple months ago where it was talking about arboreal snakes and how their their blood pressure, the way it operates, is different from, like, ground-dwelling snakes. Like, it's really? because of how much they're climbing and because of the, you know, the pull of gravity and stuff as they're moving, um, they, their blood pressure operates slightly different than, than ground-dwelling snakes, if, if I'm recalling that correctly. I need to go back and read it. Uh, you want me to go back and find it right now? Yeah, go for it. People are people are excited. They love story time. I really struggle to read out loud because I I rarely do it. So. Well, I would go get my copy, but it's dude. All my books are packed up and storage. Yeah, I've got like six books six books that I have like handy. Um, <laughs> two I bought recently. Two were a gift from Nipper and. Uh, <laughs> And then I've got the complete sub box because I am reading it cover to cover when I every minute that I have. 
And uh, that's it, man. Everything else is storaged. Hmm. Now you're not going to be able to find it. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, skim very quickly. Though. It's actually uh, something that I've been trying to do more is actually read the books that I have because I only have nonfiction and I only have <laughs> reptile and amphibian reference. So uh, I actually I have to go digging through it because I really need to find the amphibians of Florida because I've just been on a major amphibian kick lately. And uh, Billy Hunt isn't helping, sending me toad pictures. And uh, yeah, I um I have local guys that I go the, the 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 two guys that I go out looking for for bugs and amphibians with. Um, there's a spadefoot toad spot by me, and I really think that I'm going to go get some and try to. Uh, I'm gonna try and breed them. I think I am. I think I'm gonna set up a little tank in my room oh, yeah? in my bedroom. Yeah, and. Uh, just because you just don't see them anymore, man. They're just they're just getting few and far between. And they, they're by no means in need of protection per se. But like my Tri County area, there's like three spots left because it's just everything's high rises and condos and neighborhoods that they've removed the sandy loomy soil and palmetto scrub and replaced it with astroturf and palm trees. So, but yeah. Yeah, Harry knows what's up. Toad life, baby. And I've been meaning to ask, Harry, the toads that you have on your porch that you feed and interact with, are those southerns or do you got fowlers? I remember them looking southernish. But you are in fowler country too, right? So. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Harry, hashtag toad life. Oh, and uh, Anna Maria figured out that her dumpy tree frog is a boy because she took him out to clean the cage and he screamed like a child was being murdered. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harry Southerns. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm um, getting closer. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of toads I've been looking at, man. I just, I just feel like if I did spadefoots, eastern spadefoots, excuse me, and for those international listeners, we're referring to eastern North American spadefoots, um, not the Australians, not the Europeans. Uh, if I did them. I would probably do two or three adults and I would do it in my bedroom because my bedroom stays super cool, like 69, 70 degrees. Um, because the, the venomous snake room is just a fucking desert for lack of a better word. I mean, it literally is I'm, I'm on the verge of putting sand on the floor. Um, and, but I feel like there's so many species that I like, I could do that. I could do that. I could totally do those. No one's bred those. We need to breed those. Like telling my girl this, you know, and I'm like, no, let me just do spadefoots. They're local. It's 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 a native one. Maybe I can learn something that no one else has learned and just go in, you know. Uh, Patrick, she did not squeeze him. She 
picked the she picked the dumpy tree frog up very gently so that it was resting in her open hand and it looked at her and went and started freaking out which was absolutely adorable <laughs> so okay i found it all right uh so this is on page 25 in the shape of things chapter which is like the second chapter i think uh, in snakes, as in all other vertebrates, the circulatory system is a closed loop consisting of a muscular pump, the heart, and flexible vessels, the veins and arteries that carry the blood throughout the body. Among other things, the system distributes oxygen and nutrients to all parts of the body while returning carbon dioxide to the lungs and waste to the kidneys for elimination. Proper functioning of a circulatory system requires that the heart contracts strong enough to push blood through the arteries to all parts of the body and back through the veins to the heart. Blood pressure is a measure of force being applied by the heart. The blood pressure required depends on two factors, the friction of blood flowing through the vessels and gravity. Should the pressure be too low, not enough oxygen will be circulated to the critical parts of the body, such as the brain, and the animal may faint or be unable to function. Too high, an extra strain will be placed on the heart and blood vessels. Uh, some organs, particularly the kidneys, will be unable to function properly in extreme conditions. Vessels may leak or even rupture. As the body is tilted from horizontal Gravity adds two kinds of stress on the body, lack of blood supply to the higher parts of the body and pooling of blood in the lower extremities. A long tubular balloon containing just enough water to fill it and with the end tied off makes a crude mode model of snake circulatory systems. Uh, let's call the tied off end the head and the other in the tail. If we lay the balloon on a table, there is a slight flattening of the tube due to the pressure of the water against the sides of the balloon. But for the most part, the balloon looks as it did empty. Pressing down on the middle of the balloon with a finger stimulates the heart's contraction. The increased pressure distributes itself evenly towards both ends of the balloon. The head and tail ends get equal blood flow. If we lift the balloon into the air by the knotted end, the head, the pressure of the water causes the balloon to ta uh, tail of the balloon causes the tail to balloon out. Good God, uh, filling it with water. Depending on how long and elastic our balloon is, the head end will shrink, perhaps even collapsing completely. Squeezing the center of the suspended balloon between finger and thumb shows that it is much harder to get the water to move up the tube towards the head than down to the tail. Lifting the balloon by the tail end reverses the situation. The head end swells and the tail shrinks. Volume and pressure in the head are increased. This loss of blood flow is responsible for the lightheadedness you experience when suddenly standing after sitting and reclining for a time. As it is most extreme, at its most extreme, it causes jet fighter pilots to black out when performing high-speed maneuvers. The G-forces produced suddenly drain the blood from the pilot's head, causing the brain to shut down. After the forces are reduced, the pilot's brain quickly regains blood flow and with it consciousness. Um, let's see. And it goes into uh permanent damage or death the risk of stroke and other stresses on the circulatory system reach an extreme in the giraffe 18 feet tall a giraffe requires an especially large heart to overcome gravity and provide blood to the brain and then it goes down to <laughs> do, 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 do. Like the giraffe's long neck and legs, the snake's elongated body causes additional stress on the circulatory system. If a snake never inclined its body out of a horizontal orientation, gravitational forces would not be a serious complication. But of course, snakes, particularly tree snakes, often lift their bodies. A rat snake may climb straight up a vertical tree trunk. A vine snake may hang downwards from a branch to strike at a lizard on the ground below. 
As we saw earlier, when tilted, the distance between ends of the body are greater in elongate animals, and thus differences in blood pressure that must be overcome are greater. The longer the body and greater this effect and the problems it causes. Smaller rat snakes are better able to control blood pressure when tilted than larger and older individuals. Blood pressure increases with body mass in all animals. This phenomenon is another factor working to limit the mass of arboreal snakes and is yet another factor tending to make tree snakes thin. This may be part of the explanation for why some large boas and vipers are arboreal as juveniles but tend to abandon life in the trees as adults. Tree snakes have one advantage over giraffes. The extreme flexibility of their bodies allows them to form their bodies into loops and to vary their posture and angle of incline to much greater extent, giving them additional control over the blood circulation. Arboreal life makes serious demands on a tree snake's cardiovascular system. The tree snake's heart must be able to overcome gravitational forces and provide blood supply to all parts of the body in any posture. Blood pressure in arboreal snakes ranges from 40 to 70. Uh... that middle mmhg i'm blanking on that what's your question it's the the measurement for blood pressure the me the measurement Hold on a second. For blood pressure time out talking about like the ratio for humans no millimeter of mercury is what it is oh oh uh, about double that of terrestrial species, like the drinking giraffe, it must also be able to quickly adjust blood pressure as to maintain blood supply to the body uh, as the body rapidly tilts and moves, yet not allow blood pressure to increase to dangerous levels. Uh, in the mid-1970s, Harvey Lillywhite and Roger Seymour collaborated in an experiment investigating the effects of body tilting in blood circulation in snakes. They surgically inserted a catheter attached to an electronic pressure-sensitive transducer into the snake's aorta. The snakes were then straightened out in a clear plastic tube and allowed to recover. Later, blood pressures were measured as the tube was tilted from horizontal to vertical with the head up or head down. Their studies found in subsequent work confirmed that arboreal snakes not only had higher mid-body blood pressure when held horizontal, but their blood pressure increased as the snake was tilted upward. This pressure in increase compensates for the normal pressure drop as the head is raised, maintaining constant pressure at the head. Aquatic and semi-aquatic snakes had lower blood pressure and did not show increased pressure as the head was elevated. Although the arboreal snake had reduced blood pressure at the head when tilted, it could continue to maintain adequate blood circulation. Very interesting. So, very, very interesting. I mean, Billy I got, Jenkins said it best. I got I'm, to that earlier than I, than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Jenkins said it best. I'm big, climb too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense why, like, arboreal baby re baby retics, yep. super arboreal. Adult retics, don't do it. King cobras, babies, find them in the trees, find them in the bushes. Mm -hmm. Adult king cobras, not going to happen. Very cool, man. Very fascinating. I always wondered about the whole draft thing. It makes it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah and i actually i found an app the other night uh that you can search up scientific papers since google scholar google scholar doesn't have an app um i found like an alternative uh it is called r discovery like the letter r okay and you can search you like you basically just put in something in the search bars like i'd put in like green tree pythons and it gave me a bunch of articles from like within the last two years to all the way to like 1996. Uh, some of them are open source. Some of them 
obviously we've talked about the paywall that you sometimes have to go through with some of the websites that host them. Um, yeah. But even then, you can read the abstract, and usually that that actually has a decent amount of information to kind of yeah learn something from it. Doesn't have all the hard data and stuff if if that's something you're looking for. Um, so our discovery, it's free. It's pretty cool. You can save the papers, like you can create like a, a like a playlist of sorts, and you can save them. Um, I don't. It's cool. it's pretty cool. I I played on it the other night for for a little bit, and uh, that's awesome. It's neat. So check that out good stuff man good stuff Ooh. are we gonna yeah give me 10 seconds to walk away for a minute one two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah i'm sorry y'all i don't uh i don't i don't read out loud a lot and it's hard reading's hard I struggle. I'm a special boy. Now I'm trying to get Phil's things open so we can kick this off. Oh, this is taking forever. Uh, dang, he sent me all kinds of stuff. loading up my hard drive with all this. No one's going to guess that one. No one's going to guess that one either. This fool's picking like the impossible species. I'd look at those and be like, what the hell is it? Good Lord. Uh, the Jansen I did not hatch. That was a uh, that was a disappointment. Unfortunately, it died very late term. Don't know exactly what happened, but dream shattered. We'll get them next year. Talk about the Jansen I. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> How'd <man>. you know? <laughs> oh, sorry, man. <laughs> okay, I downloaded your stuff. Uh, do we want to? I already have mine pulled up, so we want to go ahead and just start with that. Yeah, we can start with yours, and then do you want to like uh, talk about prizes, or are we doing a raffle, or what, what do you want to do? I don't know what we're going to do. <clears throat> I need to see, first of all, if some of these that I got will even work. Let me pull one up real quick. Okay. I gave you the scientific name and common name just to be that guy. Let me see how this, this looks. Is it as small as it is for me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it's super tiny. Said. Yep. It's not coming up yet. Okay. Yeah, it's tiny. Oh, there you go. There you go. I can zoom it in. <clears throat> that, sir, is a snake. Ah. That don't get no smaller. Okay. All right. That's good. Okay. That's good for the screen. That's good. All right. 
So the usual rules. Let's hear. First them. person to to drop it. We're gonna we're gonna open it. I prefer scientific name, but if I see a common name before I see a scientific name, I will accept it. Um, if you win these, just send me a message and we will get you squared away with something Fulvius related. How about that? Excellent. 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 Oh, <laughs> damn it. Gillen, get out of here. <laughs> a bitch. <sighs> Gillen got it. Are we going to wait and get like seven or eight people to give an answer and then pick out which one was right yeah but i mean if i'm gonna if i see it first i mean i tried to pick stuff that that i know keller wouldn't get and you know what kills me is that mike kasicki said starts with a z and i know he means zamensis yeah, yeah. tip of his tongue zamensis yep. i was with you mike i was uh let me find the full picture where is it Some solid answers, though. Egyptian false cobra. Leopard rat from Eastern Europe. They really need to make this where you can, like, switch to another window without having to completely close it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is a bimaculata. I'm sure Michael's probably seen that picture in particular before, so... That may no, be why I didn't I didn't dig very far as far as finding the finding the pictures. So yeah, yeah. Well, so so good job there, Gillen. Uh, close that. Close that. Okay. Uh, let's see next. What's the snake in our in tonight's background? I don't even know. Nice. I think it's some maybe it a tokenensis cobra. No, I thought it was a African some sort of African cobra. But oh, it looks kind of like a a tokenensis, the black the black Asian viper. All right, batter up. Phil, do you have any guesses here? I mean, I'm making everybody zig when they should be zagging. I was just gonna say, (laughs) um, yeah, I it it is. I see. I I know what it is. That's the problem. But like at first glance, you're like, oh, that's. I'll even say so far as to say it's my my guess is in the group chat right now. But it, my guess would have been I not just correct. Ashed all over myself, damn it! Eh, story of our lives. Ah, it hurts, burns, burns us. Are we gonna give continental hints? <laughs> it's a water moccasin. <laughs> <laughs> Harry. <laughs> oh, Claiborne. Um, I'm not gonna give hints, but if someone can put together where, like, my three things are, like that general. Well, can we order of the world? Well, then... that's what I was going to say is that everyone here is not on the right continent. Yeah, you're in the wrong continent, first of yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Lisa's probably the closest out of all of them yep. so far. 
It and is Lisa. Venomous. How about that? Let's, let's. Yeah, well, it is venomous. And Lisa, I would very much like you to put your answer into the scientific nomenclature because it is the most fun to say. I feel like I've asked you this before, but you have you kept Dynakistrodon? I have. I have. In fact, they look uh, like fun. They're honestly one of the only Asian vipers that I still am interested in keeping. They're just really expensive now because no one's importing them. Even the European stock is, is going for a pretty penny. Um, but they were they were a ton of fun, man. They were not like any other they, they did not act like the viper you expected them to act like. So and I know uh, Dr. Messenger was curious about getting some too, and he, he picked my brain yeah. a little bit. And man, if I could get some, I would definitely try and get him some too, because who better to have him than him? It's not a Panisius. It's not a hog nose. It, it does look a little Panisius. Panisius-y? Maybe, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the saddles are a little, yeah. I like how everyone just assumes it's a snake. Yeah, what a bunch of weirdos. I know, right? All right. Well, Gillen was the closest, but. Yep, Gillen was the closest. Let me see. Can I hide it? That doesn't make it go away. Gillen's on a roll, man. Keller, he's taking oh, your crown. And Keller, he's killing you right now. I know, now. he's killing Making you like a real jackass. Oidius <laughs> Blomhoffi. Nice. Oh, yeah. Because when I did that, I was like, people are going to think it's an Echistrodon. But I knew if I made if I picked a picture that was too gloidious, Keller would know. Well, what's funny is if we did this like 30 years ago, it would be a Kistradon. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of unfair. Yeah, right. Okay. Last for me from the island of Japan. I don't think Blomhoffi is Japan. I think Blomhoffi's uh China, no? Yeah, that's that's mainland the show okay i figured this one would be really tough too on purpose oh what could it be what could this is gonna be one of those be? ones where i think it's it's really tough and it's gonna be it's gonna be like the fox snake all over again yeah i honestly was not expecting you to post that picture like that's a that's a good tough picture Then the moss throws you off too, you know. Contain yourself, Smitty. Contain yourself. <laughs> no one's even trying this one. No, they <laughs> they're all, are. They're all, they're all reverse. They're all reverse Google searching it. Gillen is really sucking all the fun out. I know. <laughs> Freaking Canadians. It's got nothing to do. It does kind of look nothing like a midget face around time it being does. snowed in. Yeah. I was like, people are going to think this is an egg eater without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it, that photo, it looks like uh, uh, the uh, southern uh, sidewinder. And yeah, Harry, it could go Mexican hog nose. It could. Well, 
Gillen Dunn got it again. Yep. Yep. yep because yeah. I didn't dig deep enough on, on damn Google. Well, it's because you picked all the snakes he loves. <laughs> that might be a problem, too. Yeah. So Boom. It's uh, Elafe David I. David E. So it's a really cool Chinese uh, rat snake species that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Doc Messenger said in his book is actually the closest relative to the king rats. Which, if you look at the face, there's definitely some some king rat in there. Mostly in the scalation of like the eyebrows and the, you know, psychotic eyes, you know. Thought-provoking eyes. It's a very cool species. There's very yeah. few people in the States that really do anything with those. Matt Most is probably the only one I know of. Nice. Very cool. Very great cool. value brand sidewinder. <laughs> <laughs> See, Keller sees it. <laughs> oh, that's All rich. right. So, Gillen, Gillen's going to get him some stuff. Uh, let me pull up yours now. Yeah. And I don't have much Nephris apparel left, and I do have some Venom Exchange Radio stickers, so if you prefer that, let me know, and uh, I'll get that out if I, if I have your size or whatever. We can do that, too. So, Let me get them open. Uno <laughs> memento. Gillen says $1,800 a pair value brand, question mark. <laughs> And I tried to send you both pictures of the zoom in and the zoom out so that you could flip back and forth, but clearly the program's not going to let you do that. So open all 20 of these pictures. Jeez. I sent you a couple. It's game night. Got to have fun with it. I didn't have any prep, prep time. Since when do we have prep time? We never have. We just, this is what we do, Bubba. Okay. Uh, I should have done if I had time, I would have done the Google Slides thing like we've done in the past, which made life way easier. Yeah, well, now we know that we shouldn't figure this out 10 minutes before okay. the show. <laughs> Batter up. Here we go. Boom. I get, no, I get no comments on my, my Nefers Initiative shirt. Really? Yeah, I'm really bummed about it. Uh, so Eric Burke told me that he was in I guess he was in a grocery store, not his, but he was in the grocery store and he was like in the checkout. And I guess the woman that uh, was ringing him up was like, what is that? That gecko? What is that? He goes, oh, it's, you know, my friend's Instagram. Well, what do they do? Do they do they do research? Do they do they help and save the animals? He goes, well, I mean, kind of. I mean, he spreads awareness and, you know, shares photos. She's like, oh, I have to I have to see that. I have to I have to find it. So he gave her my Instagram. I never heard anything from her, but uh I thought that was kind of cool. What do we got here? Scaleless Texas rat. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll take that as an answer. Noah, get the <laughs> hell out of here. Come on. He's doing that just to push my buttons. <laughs> Billy Jenkins, snack. 
Jason Keller is the closest. Keller's already been banned from this game. He's not banned. We're just giving him good stuff to stump him. I'll give you a good hint. It is a desert species. Insert Jeopardy music. Copyright. YouTube would strike us down with their mighty mighty sword. Sword. Flaming sword of YouTube. (laughs) Kasiki says, something from Africa, judging by the soil. All right. It is African. We'll go that route. It is a desert species from Africa. Well, it's obviously not in the ocean. (laughs) It does float. Am I... Are we done? Are we calling it? No, no, no one's got it. I mean, uh, no. we'll even go so far as to say it is. Oh, oh. I'll, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Lisa for the win. It is. Drum roll, please. Please. Please hold. Please hold. Stand by. It's a snake. Woo. Boom. This is Deboya Mauritanica, the Moorish Viper. So good job, Lise. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. That was a good one. Don't they, those typically have more of a silver color to them, though? They're not usually uh, they, that dark, they, right? They can. I mean, the ones that I've seen in uh, like European for sale ads are a little darker. But I think it all comes down to like what part of Western Sahara you've got them from. Like I know the stuff that's more towards the Atlas range is a little darker. <clears throat> all right. Number two. Well, no, this is number some kind of fish. Five. Number five, I think. I don't I just downloaded them, bro. Okay. I didn't know we were doing them in a particular order. Oh no, it was just same. In in from you had three, that was four, so this is five. Okay. All right, guys and gals, what do we got? <laughs> Noah with the trout. <laughs> You're killing me, bro. Bluegill. <laughs> Peacock bass, Billy Jenkins. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's not a snake and it's not a fish. How about that? Yeah, we'll give you that. Let's make life a little bit easier here. This is, and here's the thing to people that are into this kind of herp. It's a dead giveaway. Like this is all iconic... five of you. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the hell up. This is an iconic photo. It really is. And we'll say it is African. Make it easier. No, we love you. We're just breaking stones. Kids sitting there watching us on YouTube with a scrub around his neck. Look at me. I got cool snakes, man. <laughs> Don't be jealous. I know. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. Oh, I live in Florida. I can't have cool snakes like Noah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ready or slider. That's pretty close. Not No. Mike Kosicki is in the lead with a lizard. <laughs> Gonna have to be a little bit more specific. It, it is a lizard. It is an African lizard. It's not a Komodo <sighs> dragon. 
Zebra skink. Oh, Anna Maria, my love. You're, you're, you're. Ooh, she oh, probably wait, helped you what? pick. She did not help me. She's not even here. She's she's at her own residence. She's close though. It's the cousin of the Agama. It's not the bottom of my feet. And uh, my, Michael Gillen is even closer by saying Platysaurus. It's a cousin to the Platysaurus. Same clade. We'll go that route. It's a platy sort of. Huh. <laughs> 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 all right we're gonna give like two more guesses and i'm just gonna call it yeah i really i thought this one people were gonna be like oh that's blah 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 no while such... you were up and away i was looking at these i'm like no one's gonna know what these are yes yes it's an iconic photo it's an iconic species yeah katie's talking smack Oh, what's Katie saying? She's saying no one's going to guess what that is. All right. Just show it. Man. Man, oh, man. It's such a cool animal, too. So cool. No, it's not a plated lizard, guys. Go away, box. Boom. Pseudocordylus subviridus. This is the Drakensberg Crag Lizard. If you didn't know that, you're an idiot. No, it's just you, <laughs> you just aren't a fan of sub-Saharan species of lizard. But yeah, this Kidding. is the Crag Lizard at the Drakensberg. And uh, it, this photo is like in almost every African lizard book. So I thought it would work. But just look at that tail, man. That tail is crazy. All right, go to the next one. So wait, that's not full blown Cordillus? No, 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 that's not. That's that's why not? Super it looks like it. Very similar. The, these actually get way bigger than Cordillus. These are kind of the bridge between Smog and Cordillus. Ah, uh, the missing link. Yes, yes. To the pavement. Let's see. Let's okay. Let's throw the uh the softball at him. Whoop. Yeah. <sighs> Danger. Red means don't eat me. Mm, dark frog. That's hey. I mean, yeah. I mean, Harlequin toad. Oh, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Mike wants you to send him newts. <sighs> Damn it, Gillen. Should we just are we are we are we banning him? Are we gonna are we gonna ban him from the game? Did he even did he respond? Gillen? Gillen Gillen got the genus. Yeah, but what's the species? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, Gillen. Now that everyone else has a hint. Everyone's on the right path. So he didn't say that. Oh, so he's just he's just toying with us now. He's like, I didn't eat, but he didn't. Oh, so yeah. So he definitely he definitely did that on purpose. So now he's definitely out. 
Definitely. Everyone's on the right path, but we need a little more specifics because there is a lot of fiery amphibians out there. Come on, guys. Swipe those smartphones. I did a terrible thing and somebody should do something about it. Drakensburg. <sighs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna say it is a fire belly newt, but if somebody could give me the look, hey Noah, there he yeah. goes. There he goes. You didn't state your answer in the form of a question. It doesn't count. <laughs> Jesus, Mike. Yeah, Noah, you got it, baby. Because you want it all this muddy water in a deep. There it is. Look at that graceful son of a gun. So this is floating Orientalis, the Chinese or Oriental fire belly newt. Love that little paddle tail and this Orientalis. The contrast is crazy. Looks like he's going out to commit arson right now. He does. He does. With all this cute little little floatiness. Okay. So yeah, Noah, hit me up. We'll send you stuff. This next one's kind of hard. This one's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. I realize that. Like hindsight, it's really hard. Make this smaller. So I can see the chat while we're doing this. Oh, Richardson says he was beat. I can't see because I got the window open over the chat. On, me, so if things go let quick, me, then let me see who beat him. I don't. Oh, he's right. He is right. Ooh. Ashwab said Orientalis. All right. Well, there we have it. Thank you, Noah, for your honesty. Oh, look, Ashwab, I said that. Sorry. That's fantastic. He's so, about yeah. To, he's about to fight Noah for that. I know, right? To, well, if you, if you want swag from me or Smitty, hit us up and we'll, we'll take care of you. Sorry about that. That's fantastic. I didn't even see that. I think there is a little bit of a delay. Oh, I think it's Jenkins and Kasiki flooding their fish answers in the chat. Yeah, right. This one's really hard. This one is hard. I mean, they're they're on the right ballpark. What? Who they is? Are. Look. They're guessing the type Pac-Man. of animal. They're guessing the type of animal. Oh, well, yeah. Anybody can be like, yeah, that's an animal, all right. <laughs> I will be surprised if someone guesses this. Should we say the region? 
I don't sure. I don't know that that's really going to help. But this is a Caribbean species. It's pronounced Caribbean, and there's pirates in it. Ooh, uh, Come on, guys. Horn toad, horn toad. Bellies no, of fireballs for all. It is, it is not the belly. It is actually the dorsal region. This one we may have to call too. Damn. I knew we were going to have to call this one. Uh, I thought. Look, we got some people that are into some weird stuff in our chat, man. They 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 might be into it. I don't well, know. You got to make it make them sound like erotic freaks because they are. <laughs> yep. Boom. That is the Cuban toad, which I forgot the scientific name, too. So I'm going to look it up is. Peltophyri Peltocephala. But yes, the Cuban toad. Peltophrine Peltocephala. Yeah, there you go. What he said. <laughs> Trippy says the most sensual of the toads. Yeah, I All didn't right. even know those existed. Yeah. Super cool. Very cool looking. The toad of my people. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, I love you, babe. Cubanensis tobacco -y. That's good, too. That's good. All right, well, had a little bit of fun. We tried. Next time, we'll come up with better species. Sorry. It's actually really tough, because like I could think of species all day long, but the moment you're like, think of something for, for the game night, it's like I draw a blank instantaneously because I'm like trying to think of species we've already done. And then I'm trying to think of stuff that's not super obvious, but not impossible. Right. On the fly, it's actually really hard. Yeah. And I've been trying to incorporate more non-snake stuff. I mean, I know this is a snake-centric show, snake-centric listeners and followers and group. But it is cool to put other stuff, so... I really thought people were going to get that crag lizard. I really... I did. It's and like there's like I don't know 15, out of touch with your audience, Phil. Yeah, there's like 12 or 15 different species of crag, and I was like, that's the neon crazy looking one, you know. Um so the persinum went on a hunger strike for a period of time and have officially ended that hunger strike. Excellent. And what it is is I am now firmly convinced that those are more temperature sensitive than rhinos. Okay. Like those will go off food if it is too hot. Okay. Because as soon as things started cooling down here, that female went right back to eating on a, on a regular basis. There was a point right. in time where she, I, like I moved her into that new black box setup and she ate, I think like once or twice and then just completely like wanted nothing to do with food. So I was like, okay, maybe I got to move her back. Like at one point I was talking to Matt, um, Matt most. I was like, she's not losing weight. I don't want to have to move her back into the smaller enclosure, but she's also gone off food. And I don't like, there's no shortage of hides. There's 
on paper, there's no reason why she should have gone off food, right? Yeah, yeah. So we had a couple a couple weeks where it got pretty toasty in there in the middle of the day, and I'm really thinking that that's what it did because now that it's cooled off and it doesn't get nearly as hot, she's gone back on food. That male, he's kind of a weird one. Like, I can't just leave a live, like, fuzzy or something in there for him. Like, I've got to actually get in his face with something frozen thawed. And he's got to try to kill it a couple times, and then he'll grab it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is food I guess I'll eat. Do you think it's a stress factor that he knows he's not in the environment that he wants to be in and therefore is reluctant to seek out prey? I don't know exactly what it is. I, I To me, it seems almost like initially it's like a it's a defensive thing, and then for whatever reason, he's like, okay, I'll play your game, and I'll eat. Yeah, it's just yeah. odd. I've never, I've never seen it in a snake before. It's they're strange. They're strange snakes. But um, I mean, I know you got you have them set up really, really cool. And I wonder if you added more messiness, if that would actually help. Well, that was part of what I did with that female. Is I had a pothos that was growing in her old setup, the BioG, that was just sitting in that BioG, like it's still connected to all the lights. There's nothing in it. And so it was getting regular, regular light and stuff. And I was watering it regularly. So it was still growing. So I ended up taking that out and putting it in that setup um, just to add more chaos, I guess, if you will, like yeah, more going on, more visual barriers, more clutter. Right. Right. Uh, that pothos was pretty decent size. <clears throat> and I mean, maybe that helped. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But, you know, at first I thought maybe it was too much UV exposure. Um, I don't know. So it must. It, the only thing that's changed is temps. So uh, I think that's that's what it ended up being. And and now I'm fairly convinced that it's just if they get too hot, they just don't. Yeah. Go, go on strike. You know, rhinos. That was a concern, but then after a while, you realize the rhinos really don't care unless it's a male and it's it's girl season. Um, they're gonna eat every time. So the uh, the percentum, I think, and maybe I'll have to pick matt's brain a little bit and ask him if he thinks that's what it might have been but that's the only thing that i can think of that's really really changed so okay yeah i just i just remember when we used to get wild caught juvenile and adult uh boiga dendrophila the mangrove cat snakes and we would just make the cage as messy as possible just tons and tons of crap in there just branches and leaf litter and fake plants and live plants and go in the you know backyard and cut off an oak branch and just cut it into you know in there 20 pieces yeah and you wouldn't see the snake for weeks if not months yeah but, but i bet you it did great you, we would literally take a deli cup and just throw in like four live fuzzies mm -hmm. and they'd be gone by morning yep. and uh i feel like the percentum very much remind me of that style of animal so but yeah temperature plays a huge thing man <clears throat> well i mean them being so much like rhinos in so many regards uh you know i i call them like the evil twin of of rhinos because i feel like yeah. that's exactly what behaviorally behaviorally very similar they're always out like they're always perched they're always cruising like they're never if they're hiding it's because they're in shed just like the rhinos like i'll see the rhinos all day long i'll know when they're in shed because they won't be out for days like they'll disappear yeah. for a couple of days i'm like they're in shed like there's no question um so it's the same with these but again i you know they don't spend as much time in the water bowls 
um, which again, that female, when it was warmer, was in hers a little more regularly than than previously. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know because now I just throw a you know a wrap up in there and it's gone. You know, she yeah it disappeared. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. The male, I gotta I gotta really annoy him to get him to eat. So, but he still eats. I mean, once once he grabs it. It's only it's only pestering him for like thirty seconds, and then he grabs it and he takes it, and it's like, okay, dude, whatever. Like if that's if that's what works. Um, yeah. I did try. So I talked to Terry Burwell. I have that Marco Polo app. It's kind of like Snapchat, where you just it's almost exactly like Snapchat, but basically, I have that app just for Terry. Me and Terry just talk back and forth using that most of the time. Um, yeah. And so I was picking his brain about baby rhinos because I hadn't really had any of them take to pinkies yet uh and so he was like put multiple rosies in a bowl put a pinky in there you know and when i say multiple he was saying like three three rosies and a pinky and it you know it'll it'll grab it in the in the chaos of things um and so i did that but i did two rosies with a pinky i had one eat all three i had four Nope, I had one eat all three. I had one that just ate the rosies before I could even put a pinky in the bowl that night. That was the one that I got the video of on Instagram. Um, and then the other three of them just ate the rosies and left the pinky. So, all right, you know, we're it's going, we're getting there. Uh, and I, yeah. I talked to Terry too. I, I picked his brain about the the thiamine thiamine ace issue with fish and and things like that. Um, and he says that he thinks that's really exaggerated um he talked about philippe devosdily uh fed neurodia or some some more aquatic species on fish almost entirely their entire lives and never had any issues he thinks that it's something that just uh, kind of like so many other things in the hobby where you know a couple people had bad experiences and all of a sudden that becomes like yeah the, 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 thing. the gospel yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and like, I'm even guilty of that too, because I've had, not me personally, but I've had several friends with several different fish eating species, whether it be North American garter snakes or uh, North American water snakes or some of the Asian stuff, or even some of like the African semi-aquatic, like wolf snakes and stuff like that, where people almost exclusively fed silver sides because they're frozen mm -hmm. and they're small. You can break off segments and like my roommate he had several garter snakes die because of the overabundant level of sodium in yeah. those silver sides because not only is it some some of the and forgive me if i don't know the exact species but some of the frozen fish he was getting were from tropical fish stores and they were slated for saltwater fish mm -hmm. and the snakes loved them they ate the crab out of them but i imagine it may have even been a saltwater species then packed in salt and frozen right. Um, and then the same thing with like feeder comets, you know, feeder goldfish from you know mm -hmm. Petco, PetSmart. The because they're cold water species, there's typically an overabundance of ammonia in the water, and a lot of those big, you know, big shop, uh, big box pet shop chain pet shops, they don't do water changes like they should. They don't do filtration like they should. So when you have, you know, 500 goldfish in the one big feeder tank, the ammonia levels become super in excess, yeah. and that ammonia will retain in the scales it will retain in the meat in the muscle tissue so i've seen people that kept nerodia um 
have a very similar thing from the ammonia levels. Yeah, uh, you know, Kasiki in particular mentioned it to me, and I didn't even really think about it until I took a look at the system that PetSmart has, and like all their tanks are all hooked up to one giant filter system. So if there's something that happens and there's something that gets into one one species oh, yeah. in one tank, it's Absolutely. making its way to everything. So that's why when you go to PetSmart and you see the signs that are say, you know, no fish sales under observation and it's plastered over the entire wall of fish, it's because they're all in one giant filtration system. So if one thing's getting something, everything's getting it. Yep. Um, and fortunately, I haven't that hasn't seemed to have been an issue at mine lately, but I've been feeding rosies, and these babies have been snatching them up, man. They're all about them. Um, sort of the 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 game plan at the moment with that is just trying to get a little more size on them so that I can offer them pinkies a little more regularly and be confident that they'll be able to actually get them down. Because when they're babies, like when they're fresh, dude, they're like, they ain't taking anything bigger than a day old. Like they're yeah. small or tiny. Well, what size pinky are you putting in the bowl with the rosies? Like just like a little uh, th- like blood a, pink? Day old as small as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last actually, so I, I didn't have any day olds in my rodents. So I ended up buying a box from, from PetSmart while I was getting rosies um, and floated those in there. And again, one ate all three and the other just ate the rosies and completely ignored that that pinky. So to keep rolling with it. I mean, fortunately, rosies are cheap. They're like yeah. 22 cents a piece. So I can feed that whole group for $2. Um, sure. You know, it's not, it's not ideal. It's not my first choice in things, but it's at least got them, got them growing. Yeah, it's some it's going, man. It's going. Stuff. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Dude. I had stilettos eating Chinese restaurant snails. Come on. <laughs> Just got to do what we got to do, you know? So, but I'm glad to see that they're, I'm glad to see that not only they're eating, but they're allowing you to record them, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just as, just as, once they're out, you know, I mean, there's a couple of them that are a little more flighty, but they're just as sort of curious and, and mellow as the parents are. Um, That's good. I'm actually, I think I, I just gave the parents their, this time of year, like when I start to get into cooling, I start cutting the feeding back on the on the rhinos too to kind of give them a cycle of sorts. Sure. Um, yeah, and I mean the water's not really shallow. Like the water is, it's a regular deli cup, you know, standard eight ounce or however much, and um, you know that they're they're catching them. Like you saw the video, like they're catching. I'm not worried about them not being able to get a hold of them because they're snatching those things up in no time. Yeah. Like they're freakishly fast at it. Um, just uh, maybe floating the pinks. Maybe that's where it will make a little bit of a difference. So we'll see. Yeah, I do need to catch a med a med gecko though, because I think that's what I'm going to try with this this chondro baby next. Because that one's been tough. That one's been really frustrating because I'll wake up in the mornings and I'll turn on the lights, and that thing is face down, tail going crazy. But as soon as I offer, like, put something in front of it, be it like a live pink you know, frozen thawed. Uh, I think I even tried like a piece of frog leg or something like a piece of meat. It's like, nah, it completely shuts off. Are you teasing the tail? Yeah. I'm I'm hitting the button. I'm doing all that stuff, man. It ain't, uh, it just just ain't, ain't taken. So rubbing, rubbing, rubbing the side loops. Keep having to put tails in it until it decides to start taking off. But 
yeah. it's hungry like it's getting there clearly it's because at first i thought maybe i was just seeing things i was like yeah it looked like it was luring but it was probably just moving because it saw me come in and was like then i actually saw it a couple mornings ago like going ham with that tail and i'm like come on dude yeah you gotta be getting there yeah you should try uh get one of those frozen thawed blood pinks put it on a set of tiny hemostats and like walk it in you know what i mean walk it in and then have it like barely touch that tail tip and just see what happens well yeah and i mean i've i've tried that too but it, the problem is is that that green tree's a runner mm. and those are the those are kind of the toughest ones to really get going like the ones that are that are strikers like those are a little easier to get going but those runners man once they decide they're they're throwing in the towel they're it's hard to get them to stop and yeah actually try because this thing doesn't even strike this is really like a super mellow mellow baby it's really not high strong it it, it hasn't even struck at me in the entire time i've had it like yeah. hasn't done any of that so it's nice but it's also kind of irritating because it also means it's a it's a wimp and it doesn't want to fight so <laughs> i get that man i get that yeah harry i've got some in my garage here i bet if i peeled back some of these cigar signs i'd have a couple hanging out <laughs> just gotta catch them talk about mediterranean geckos yeah yeah. yeah yeah sometimes i watch them like if you see me watching the wall it's because i see one of the females popping up behind the sign and grabbing a bug and dipping back behind the sign yeah yeah they're cool i did try uh, i tried leopard gecko shed because kevin Barron sent me a bag of that to try with the rhinos so i was like let me give it a shot with this chondro nothing nothing tried do to you... chick down nothing do you still have the ackies i do okay you should do this. Is what I was trying to tell Painshot the other day, too, because he was in our little group chat with Gillen. He was upset about this one alternative that still hasn't eaten. And I swear I by this, that thing's cool. Dude, that thing is so freaking cool. That's one of the coolest alternatives I've ever seen. But uh, I, 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 for the baby telescopus, I took girdle tail lizard skin uh, shed. And I rolled it into like a little cigarette, like a super tiny, tiny little cigarette, like thinner, th as thin as a toothpick. And I stuffed it in the frozen thaw pinky's mouth. And that worked. And I feel like maybe not leopard gecko. Try the Aki because it's, it's got a little rigid, rigid, what do you call it? Bumpiness to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Try that. They're always shedding. So there's no shortage of that. Mm hmm. I think with the chick down, though, I'm really starting to wonder if it's like if you have a chick that's been in the freezer for a while, I think it over time just kind of loses a scent to it. And I think it doesn't it smell very strong. Yeah. Um, could be yeah. could be completely wrong about that. But to me, it just seems like they just don't they don't have they're not the, the smell isn't strong enough to really entice them to. Yeah, to do something. Well, and and Scott says, you know, use some lizard urates and just. I, you know, if it was me, I would like do the do the Simba thing and like smear a little, <laughs> smear a little urate on top of the put a little cross head. on its forehead. And yeah, watch it exactly. come back to life. Yeah, a little Ash Wednesday, you know. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, that I, might work, I haven't man. tried that either, but it's got me reading the the Julander Philip Condro book again. That's another one that I, yeah. For whatever reason, I've got four books that I started and haven't finished, but I'm like, let me start another one. You know. Which I, man, I love that book. Like, I'm glad I'm reading it again because there's just some stuff that I just completely forgot about that just blows my mind. You know, we talk about how big chondras are in captivity and how, you know, Maxwell's book used to say, if they're not a thousand grams, don't breed them. Yep. yep. Uh, 
and then you know you read about Natusha's studies and stuff in, in Papua and and out of a thousand plus animals, maybe ten of those were over a thousand grams. Everything else was like an average of like six on the heavier end, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. Like it's crazy. And then seeing this this new Bioc female who has to be like one of those thousand gram animals, she's an absolute monster that is the same age as my other stuff, but literally like four times the size. It's ridiculous. It's like, I'm like, this is just, it's insane how much bigger that snake is compared to like, she's a freaking beast. And I'm, I definitely have to put her on a, on a diet because she is, she is extra chunky. It's an impressive beast. Yeah, it is. Tried to feed her the other day. I tried to offer her a mouse. She just was more intent on trying to kill it and me attached to it than actually eat. So I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. We tried. is Matt Moe still doing his little private study with the colored forceps? I have no idea. All right, we gotta we gotta ask him about that because I, I'm really starting to de- not debate. I'm really starting I... to evaluate the temperature of the metal. You know, did I put the hemostat tips in the water with the frozen thawed? Are they cold? Are they hot? Are they the ones that are glossy or are they ones that are matte stainless? You know, and I'm I'm really tempted to start getting like some uh, acrylic paint and just painting the tips to see what colors get different reactions. I had some of the matte coated ones and I let them sit in chlorhexidine, you know, in between uses and that coating did not last. Oh, you're talking about like the red line stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they make cool products, man, but it it's not designed for, I really don't feel like it's designed for what we put them through, you know? I don't, I just <laughs> thought they were anodized or something. So I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. And then. Yeah. Or time, at least like parkerized, just, but you can't parkerize stainless. It started to kind of fall apart. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one of my good friends. He parkerizes stuff in his house and. I was going to give him some tools, some hemostats, some tweezers, some alligator forceps. And he's like, dude, you, you can't parkerize stainless. It won't stick. And I'm like, shit. So that, which probably explains why a lot of them are not powder coated. Or, right. me, a lot of them are powder coated and the like, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I still have those, those forceps and they still work and they, you know, they're, they're good for the Jansen eye and stuff to keep my hand out of their face and, Get yeah. fed. Yeah. Because those things, they don't play, man. Especially lately. Like, feeding them lately has been a little bit chaotic. Like, they're usually pretty pretty easy to, you know, put it in the mouth of the, the hollow, the cork, cork tube, and, like, the just, like, a bat out of hell, grab it and suck it back in. Yep. But lately, it's been, like... We're going to grab it, and then we're going to wrap it, but we're going to do this outside of all the hides, and then we're going to stop and watch you, and then I'm going to go back to trying to eat it, and as soon as you move, we're going to stop and watch you again, and yep. then we're going to come you know, come towards the front because we think that maybe you're more food, and then we're going to like chase the other one around, and then like just all kinds of goofy shit. And, it, like, and for all the people that poo-poo rack systems, that is one of the most beautiful things about rack systems is if you have a species that is super apprehensive about being watched or like always on the defense because it's afraid it's going to get eaten by a predator or something. I'll put it in a rack and just leave the food in there and just leave it in darkness. 
let it do its thing. You know what I mean? And it works a million bucks with a lot of species. Because some of my stuff, man, you can't. Like, dude, those puffs, like, I can't tweezer feed those things. You know what I'm saying? Those things will be lunatics. Lunatics. So I got very, very lucky. They'll eat almost, honestly, they'll probably eat anything I put in front of them. So I just open the open the drawer, put it in, close the drawer, come back like an, yeah. come back like an hour later, and it's magically gone. So that's that's what I have to do with those little head castanya motley corns. They're so high strung that I literally have to drop that pink, close like, put the you lid back like, on and like, shelve them because yeah, they just start to, they yeah. just start flailing. Like literally, they they don't even they're not trying to go anywhere. They're not trying to like they just they start spazzing. Like they just start having a freaking epileptic episode. <laughs> It's wild, and I will say this: though. I'll have to get a video of it because it's hilarious. Like they, they literally don't know what to do, and so they just start freaking out and like flipping upside down, and like it's, it's yeah. And, and Scott's even stupid. saying too, using shift boxes. So I've put feeders in the shift box, put the shift box in the in the enclosure with the snake, used a a hook or hemostats to open the the trap door of the shift box. And just left it in there, and it's just a dark hide with food in it, and it and that that works too. So Scott also said the feeding section in the Elapid book is applicable outside of Elapids. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. So if if Scott could Xerox me those pages, send it to me. You don't have the book. I don't have the book. What? You don't have the book. You don't have the holy texts. Bitch, I'm poor. The the biblical texts. Oh my! No, I do want to get it at some point. Yeah, with many others. The um, I know it's like blasphemy because you about cut my throat when I mentioned selling my Dart Frog Chimera book to get other books. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But I want the other books. Okay, that that's all right. If Just like snakes, if, to get more books, I have to sell some books. No, you don't. You don't. I Knowledge have a child and a wife power. and a mortgage. Yes, and that's, a dog. That's that's fine. And a sickening ass cat. <laughs> Is it wrong that I would rather you sell species or caging the books? <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe I don't take it as seriously as you do. It's just. I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's don't sell books or guns. Yeah, okay, there's there's herpers who like herp books, and there's herpers who need herp books. See, this is the same thing. Mike, I think Mike said the same thing last time. He's like, never sell your books. It's like, what if it's like the Necronomicon or something? I bet you'd want to sell that one if you had it. <sighs> oh God, no, you don't sell that. You give it away. Books last forever. That's true. Well, the dust that collects on them is also forever. Yeah, and now I'm turning into some of the other people in this community that shall <laughs> remain nameless. Where you have a kidney, God gave you two. <laughs> I was gonna say is uh, I'm starting to turn into some of our other friends in this community where I buy a hardback and a softback, and the softback is the one that gets thrown in the backpack and scribbled on and used as a field guide and whatever else, and the hardback stays pretty on the shelf. So I mean, unfortunately, uh. Harry, my kidney, or the book? 
And no, you can't do that with Sell the Elapid book. It's it's too precious. It stays at home. See, and if I got the Elapid book, obviously I would hold on to that one because it was, you know, it's it's from the Ipers. Yeah. The yeah. Dark Frog book, I don't know who wrote that. It's good, but it's well, you know, yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. If you're not if you're not passionate about it anymore and you want to get rid of it, then go for it. If it's worth I something, can then still then do get it. dark frogs and not require that book to be on my shelf to, to know yeah, what I'm doing with it. That's true. That's true. It's kind of until until you see a species or a behavior that you want to learn more about and you can't find that information on the internet because it was only written in said book that was only published for a set amount of time. I mean, give away your Pulp Fiction type stuff, but not your Hurt books. Yeah, my my Fifty Shades of Grey set still still sealed and everything. That's worth some money. Got all ten of them. Yeah, I have I have Hurt books that were given to me that I have never opened because it's just not my forte. But I hold on to them because there may be a day that I do want to keep Mantellas, and I have a book on Mantellas. You know what I mean? So, who knows? I just at where I'm at is I want all the books. My Amazon wish list of books is ridiculous. Unfortunately, books take a backseat to a lot of other things. Oh, of course, of course. We have to adult. We have to adult. What's that Dark Frog book going for? Like 150 bucks, I think. And what book, what money, or let me phrase that. What books would you buy with that money? Hyper's book and Zach's book. There you go. So then do it. Now all of a sudden it's okay? No, it's not okay, but it's tolerable. It's it's acceptable. It's See, not okay. I don't, maybe that's the difference is I'm not necessarily much of a collector. I have, like, the books that I have, I have because I do go back to them regularly and reference yeah. them. And I do, yeah. like, they're more utilitarian than anything else. Yeah. Like if I had unlimited space and a massive bookshelf that they were like, you have to fill this up. Absolutely. No problem. Like I could go absolutely wild. Sure. If you had a library to, to fill then rock and roll, but. And I've got a humidor in my bedroom right now with a stack about that tall of books, hurt books on it that I just don't have shelf space for. So they just sit there. So I have not started the Trumbauer books yet. I'm trying to trying to get some of the other ones finished that I started before I jump into another one because they also happen to collect on my nightstand as I start them. And so I'll have like four books sitting there and I'll start reading one. I'll put it down for six months and then I'll pick up another one, start reading it, put it down for six months and just like carry on. I don't, See, that's, I don't... that's the other problem too is like having curiosities and, and thirst for knowledge and other topics other than herpetoculture. Cause like I've got books on history and, coins and uh, uh, militaria and ugh, books it's like picking a movie on netflix man it's when you have so many it's it's really hard to just pick one and go with it i guess i guess that's the, what it feels like because it's like man i really want to start these trumbauer books and it's like but wait i still have to start this other one like i got this one like a year ago i still haven't even picked it up yet still got this one to finish still got like yes yeah being pulled in five different directions and i guess the good thing for me is that i i had a learning disability as a kid and got over that 
through lots of special schooling with reading and writing and all that. And I didn't read as a kid other than reference because I was, I wanted to know about animals and history and whatever else. And <clears throat> so I don't have many fiction books. In yeah. fact, I only probably have maybe 10 fiction books. Um, and everything fiction, else is fiction doesn't for me. It just doesn't. I mean, I, don't well, they get me also, wrong. I've got some the, books that I love, but we had the accelerated reader program in middle school. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've had that. Yeah. Something similar. Um, and so it's, you were forced to read like nonfiction books in that program got very little in return. Like you didn't yeah. get a whole lot of points for those. Like they were like, sure. read Harry Potter and read, yep. you know, the Brian Jocks books and stuff like that. And it was like, I did it because I had to, but it wasn't really what I was interested in. Cause you'd get like 20 points for like a Harry Potter book, but you'd get like a half a point for like pit vipers, which was like, yeah. you know, 30 pages and a little hardback, like nothing crazy. And so I'm like, yeah. hey, like, I guess I'll read Harry Potter, you know? So I don't know. It kind of killed fiction for me and I'm still that same way. Like I have a handful of biographies and stuff that I never even started, but you know, Katie's the complete opposite. Like she's all about nonfiction uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I want to read about real stuff. Like I got yeah. enough of imagination as is. And like, I don't need uh, to build upon that. I love science fiction. Like I'm a super science fiction nerd, but it's it's movies man it's movie based it's 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 mini series and i have a handful of fiction sci-fi sci books that are super super close to me at heart like for example i am a major frank herbert's dune junkie i mean i've read that book cover to cover at least four times um i have every single frank herbert dune book that actually anna maria got me a, a new paperback set so i can mess them up and not worry but other things like harry potter I like the movies were awesome. I love the Harry Potter movies, but like I, I'm not gonna pick up a Harry Potter book. So it's not gonna happen. So I read I got through the first three, and then on the fourth one, Goblet of Fire, I read the first half of that like twice because I got halfway through it, dropped it for months, and then tried to pick it back up and ended up just restarting and then did the same thing again. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah. I just I don't know. I I also Unlike my wife, who can read anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter what's going on. She could be at a freaking football game with thousands of people around her screaming, and she can read, no problem. Me? Yeah, can't do that. It's got to be, like, dead silent, can't yes. have anything going on around me, can't have yeah. my phone with me, can't have the TV on. Like, I just, otherwise, you do that thing where, like, you're reading, but you're not paying attention to what you're reading. Yeah, But you're exactly. still flipping pages, and you're well, still, like... You're reading it, but you're not retaining it. Right. Yeah, I'll read the same so, paragraph I don't know. three like times in a row because there's background noise. Yeah, so it's really frustrating, and I wish I could I could read anywhere like she can. But if there's anything going on around me, like I can't do it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so usually I'll read at night, but the problem is, it's like I start reading at night, then I start yawning, then my eyes start closing, and then I keep waking up and trying <laughs> to reread the page again, and then I fall back asleep, and it, it's just ugh. yeah. And I'll tell you the worst part is falling asleep with a book on your chest and you crease it. You like mess up a page, like you rip a page. Oh my god, I could I could kill someone. Ugh. And yes, Harry, we are definitely gonna get tanked and nerd out on Dune. I'm very excited about part two, especially with that fade Ralph of the gladiator scene. Ugh, that's gonna be so good. Sports. Sports. This is sci-fi sports, it's different. It's blood sports. Uh -oh. Yeah. Like 
good example. I there I had a phase where I would go to we have a local bookstore here that's not a chain, which I feel like is becoming a rarity these days. It's very, very rare. Uh, very rare. I had a I had a, a period of time where I would go there like every check and buy at least three books. But then they would go home and sit on my shelf and I hadn't I wouldn't even touch them. And I still have Johnny Marr's autobiography that he wrote like seven years ago. Still haven't even read it yet. <laughs> But it's still there. Like I do want to start it at some point. It's just again, it's been very low on the list of priorities. Um, yeah, he's yeah. the guitarist for the Smiths. If anyone's, yeah, interested. Um, and I've got. Did he play with others. Morrissey solo or no? I don't think he did. I don't, I don't think he did. They, they didn't yeah. get along very well towards the yeah. the end there. I just I couldn't like, remember if he stuck around or not. Okay, I don't think he did. Um. Maynard James Keenan's autobiography. I read yeah, that. I heard that was awesome. Moby's autobiography was pretty good. Which I, I was going to buy Maynard's book, and I got so angry at him because uh, the last time I saw Tool, uh, of the what was sixty minute concert, he was not on stage for yeah fifth, he like fifty hangs minutes out in the back. Yeah, and the, which really like annoyed me and a million other people that were out there. And then finally he comes out for like the last 10 minutes of the show and just has his back to the audience. Like, fuck you guy. You know, Yeah, I love, I love tool, but they definitely get in their own way sometimes, or at least he does. I don't think it's really the other guys so much, but I don't know. The, his autobiography was all right. I, I, I don't know. There was nothing really about it that I thought was life changing to me. It seemed like, uh, a bunch of, of of the author saying how awesome he was because it was written from by somebody else like with him. Yeah, but it was I don't know. It's like those self help books that they spend the first half of the book telling you how this book is going to help you. Yeah, and don't actually give you any like real information. Sure, sure. You know, so I, well, I did think it was cool uh, during COVID. You know, Maynard has a vineyard. And he has all his wines, whatever. And during COVID, somebody had this whole thing about how his wine is not vegan and it's horrible because they're killing puppies and blah, blah, blah. And he put out a video of him in a COVID mask because God forbid you can't show his face. And he's basically like, my wine is definitely vegan and it's delicious. And he's sitting in front of a barrel of wine with a giant thing of bacon, just stirring the wine with the bacon. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Justin Chance. I mean, all four of them, man. They're almost like Zeppelin. It's like four of the best of what they do together. Yeah. In a band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love their music. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, okay, buddy. Let's take a chill pill. Threw up before oh. every show in the early days. I they were playing. They're playing in uh, I think like Charlotte. This soon. I looked no uh, tool. Oh, tool. Sorry. And I looked up prices for tickets. And I was like, oh my god! It was like freaking four hundred bucks for nosebleeds. I was like, y'all are out of your mind. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was like, hell no. It's crazy, man. I went and saw Deftones at the House of Blues for like twenty bucks. And they had periphery uh, uh, open for them. That would be awesome. House of Blues, Deftones, oof. Yeah, that was a good show. Nice. I don't get. There's not. See, the problem is, is there's not. 
closest like major music market for us is Charlotte. So like, or maybe Jacksonville, but if you want to go see any sort of major acts, you really got to go to those bigger cities every now and then someone will come through Charleston. I think disturbed is coming to Savannah in like February or something, which I'm not particularly interested in that, but yeah, you know, yeah. Well, back to her books. If you got to sell the Darfrog book so you can buy the Ipers and Loafman's book, go for it. Go oh, for my it. God. Baroness. Okay. Completely derailing this Hurt book talk again. By the way, Baroness just, is awesome. It's a great band. Great band. They were based out of Savannah for a while, which is really <clears> close <throat> to me. And they have a song called If I Forget the Low Country, which is awesome because that's where I am. Uh, they just came out with a new album not that long ago, like within the last couple weeks, if not sooner. Uh, and I just came across that the other day, and I've been listening to it, and it is really good. The last couple albums from uh, like the last album of theirs that I really got into was Yellow and Green, and everything I've listened to since then I haven't been particularly stoked about. But that new Baroness album that they just released is really freaking good. I like it a lot. I just had to get excited for a second and tell everybody. what was they had a music video like man almost twenty years ago, fifteen years twenty twenty years ago that it was like a Rube Goldberg model. You know what I'm talking about? Where like the so. the ball goes down the ramp and then it hits a thing and then that thing hits another oh. thing and then another dude that song I can't remember what that song was. Somebody who's listening is going to be like screaming at the radio when they listen to this. Out with the smitness. <laughs> Oh my God, Harry! I'm not down with the sickness, Jenkins. I liked like the the earlier Disturbed stuff and like their heyday. Like, sure, dude, that was when it, I was in high school. It was dude, it was cool. Jock and all, Rock, but... Jock Rock had its moment, and now it's faded. Past that, though, I again, it really hasn't done much for me. I, don't... I do like it when uh, this is completely unrelated. Or it's just kind of I'm going off the deep end here, but. I have the radio playing at my work, right? Retail, retail store, background noise, right? And we'll play everything. We'll do '90s hip hop. We'll do classic rock. We'll do all kinds of crap, right? Country. I play knocked loose, and it drives my coworkers nuts. <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, uh, Disturbed came on, but it was the non-radio version with him, like talking about like killing his mom and shit. <laughs> it's playing yeah. over the whole store. I thought that was hilarious. I'm sorry. I don't know why that came over me, but yeah. They they could have done without that whole section and made that song way better. Yeah, exactly. Even now I hear it, I'm like, Yeah, who told you this was a good idea? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, angry teens. That's 12 year olds loved it. They thought yep. it was great. Yes, yes. But Creed is making a comeback. Dude, Creed, I, I was just talking with Anna Maria the other day about this. We were going out road cruising, and uh, we were talking about how, I'm going to say it publicly, on air, on live air, I love Creed, and I really, I won't, I won't say I love them, but I really, really like Nickelback. Everyone likes Nickelback. They just don't want to admit to it, and that's frustrating. See, the thing that I always found so funny about Dude, all the, the shit lyrics, that Creed and Nickelback get is the, the funniest part is... The lyrics are amazing. 
if they're so horrible, how did they sell so many albums? Because exactly. there's a lot of people talking a lot of smack about Creed and Nickelback. But I bet money that y'all had those albums. I'll bet money says I that did. they know half the lyrics. That to me, like Creed Heyday. <laughs> Steely Dan. Yes. It yes. was it was it's nostalgic for me, and that takes me back to like corn snake days with my dad. So okay. like when, when Creed comes on, dude, I like I'm like, hell yeah, it's Creed. Yeah. Am I gonna go buy other albums in a t-shirt and go to a show? Probably not. But if it's in the car, I'm cranking. I just I just find it funny that like all of a sudden all these bands that people loathed, you know, 20 years ago, like Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. Now everyone's like, oh my god, they're awesome. And it's like what changed? Like what's yeah, what dude, Chocolate Starfish was a freaking hell of an album. Hell of I never an really album. got into to limp all that much. They have a couple songs I like, but I like Wes Borland a lot as a guitar player. I yeah, think oh, some of the sure. riffs and stuff he comes up with are freaking awesome. For sure. And dude, Noah says the Nickelback cover Devil Went Down to Georgia and it's fantastic. That I gotta go Google. They did that song for Spider-Man. I don't even know Get that one. Pumped. And there's a Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Remember yeah. Toby Maguire was the best Spider-Man. Yeah. I will fight everyone to the death on that. <laughs> oh man. only one Spider-Man is Toby Maguire. My uh my old roommate, he looks very, very, very much like Toby Maguire. In fact, people do double takes like when we like go to like parties and shit and people are like is that is that is that him um so yeah. there was several halloweens where God, he just great gatsby yeah he just he just wore a spider-man t-shirt and that was his <laughs> halloween costume and people were like oh my god dude what the hell <laughs> look he looks just like him it's opinions bad. on primus i also primus is awesome i like primus dude the bassist of the slappiest of slapped bass amazing Dude's one of the best on the planet by far. Like yeah. one of the best to ever pick up the instrument, hands down. That video gives me nightmares, though. Oh, does it? It's creepy. <laughs> it is super creepy. It is. Yes. Uh, how did we collapse, as the kids say? How did we get to Creed and Primus slapping? I don't. Man, this don't is one the, thing led to another. Yeah, this is. A hell of a departure from her. Books. I'm still on a on a really hardcore every time I die kick. That's become hmm. like one of my one of my bar none favorite bands. And I I didn't really pay attention to them until after they had broken up. Go figure. So they released a new album and they're like, Yeah, we actually hate each other. See you later. And they went their separate ways. Damn. An oasis moment. Yeah, kinda. And see, Mike Kosicki's talking about <laughs> Guns N' Roses and when Welcome to the Jungle came out and people were blown away. Um, I love Guns N' Roses. The problem Axel Rose's is, voice drives me up a wall. The, no, the problem with Guns N' Roses is for the past 20 years, it's been shoved down our throats just like Aerosmith. And therefore, I am sick of them. And I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I just can't. Yeah. yeah every single radio station for the past 20 years will religiously cycle classic rock 105.9 here's guns and roses followed by aerosmith guns and roses best song was that bob dylan cover they did which one 
knocking on heaven's door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I like that. I don't know. There's a lot of good music out there. Yeah. Oh, Oysterhead. Yeah. That sounds familiar. I don't believe I've listened to them. Oh, it's got Stuart Copeland in it. I'm a huge Copeland fan. It's one of the best drummers ever, too. Nice. Nice. It's freaking incredible. I'll have to look into that. Did you listen to the new Metallica album? I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah. I just, uh, as much as I hate to say it. Anything some, after the Black Album sucked? No, there's just some bands that they should kind of know when to hang it up. Like ACDC is a prime example. Yes. ACDC yes. should have been done a long, long time ago. Same with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, like there's was, no way you're still putting out an album a year and it them still was, be good. That was just his wife milking that cow. But like Metallica was one of those ones where it was like maybe after Death Magnetic, call it a day. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe uh, after That's the being generous Black album, it got funny. It just did. But even that, even like Load and Reload now, though, people are like, those are actually really good albums, and it's like, what? Since when? Yeah. And not that they're necessarily bad. I mean. St. Anger is always going to be, I don't think anyone's ever going to like that album. No, but, never, never. Uh, that album may not have been as bad if their production wasn't so horrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, who knows? I don't know. Grasping but, at straws. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love Metallica just as much as the next guy. But yeah, there's like the last, everything after really Death Magnetic, especially Lulu, it was like, what, what are we doing? Like, I mean, what is your favorite Metallica album? Like, I know, I know, we all have favorite songs from every album. What's your like? Which which Metallica album? If you had to pick one right now, could you just sit down and listen to front to back and be happy as a clam? Ride the lightning. Okay, fair enough. That's the one that I find myself listening to the most. Yeah, Call of the Cthulhu is an amazing song. It's just that's my my favorite one. Yeah, you yeah. know, out of all of them, I don't. Second place would be. That's where it gets really tough because it's like Justice or Master. Yeah. Black album would be in that mix somewhere too. I you know, Kill 'em All didn't doesn't do a whole lot for me. It was all right. Um I feel like they it didn't have the groove, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm I'm a master's guy for sure. Rush is a tough one. Rush I can take in small doses. Like really proggy stuff. Like Dream Theater, I never got into Dream Theater, never really got the understood that. The only like the proggiest thing that I can listen to that's like closest to the Dream Theater stuff is Devin Townsend's stuff, his albums. Um, See, man, I was a like, huge Dream Theater guy, man. I yeah, love the technical shit. I don't know. I've never really. You want to hear uh, one, of, one of the? La I don't do concerts anymore, uh, but one of the last concerts I went to was oh, crap a long time ago. Um, was <laughs> this is so crazy. It was Dream Theater opening for Megadeth. Oh, and, see, I'm, Megadeth's another one that just does nothing. Yeah, for. and uh, who, who opened for Dream Theater? Um, uh, what the hell is that guy's Openers name? opening for openers. Yeah, well, anyway, this the place got packed. We're talking an amphitheater packed for Dream Theater slammed like elbow room in an amphitheater and the minute me like the minute they were done and megadeth was like started to like their roadie started pulling stuff out the place emptied by 50 percent. 
<laughs> and I think we stayed for like two Megadeth songs and we're like, ah, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's just like yeah, Dave Mustaine, man. I just like give it up, man. Yeah. It yeah. happened. Yeah. It let happened. it let it die. Leave it alone. Yeah. And I will say that when I saw Dream Theater, it was Mike 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 Portnoy, excuse me. And I feel like he is the death of that band. He's back now though. Is he? Yeah. Oh, shocking. He just joined joined he's just he got back with Dream Theater literally like within the last week. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I like Tesseract a lot. That's a band I listen to a good bit. That's they're proggy-ish. I don't I it maybe it's the bands that are like trying hard to be proggy that I'm like Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know who what band I've really liked and they just get better and better is Mastodon. I do. I think they I get do, better and better. I kinda I had a little bit of a phase when they when Crack the Sky dropped. Yeah. I don't know. That's another one where it's like I can listen to them a little bit, but then after a while I'm kinda like, mm-hmm, eh. What I do think is interesting is somebody told me that the lead guitar for Mastodon uh never plays the same solo like he just mm-hmm. doesn't like he just doesn't like have a solo like written out right. so they basically go through every single take on the album they're like oh that's the one we like the best and that's what becomes the album song mm-hmm. but if you ever go to a concert it'll never sound like the album but yeah. the solo part i thought that was interesting so mm-hmm. sleep tokens all right i've been listening to a couple songs of theirs and, and like them but yeah, there's a lot. Uh, like I said, that new Baroness album is really, really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out for sure. Well, is there anything herp related we should close on? Snakes are pretty cool. Snakes are awesome. Play metal for your snakes in in low volume. They'll appreciate it. Will they? Probably not. Mine just have to listen to the office pretty much every time I'm in there cleaning and stuff. So, oh, that's good. That's good. I just put, I put on something I can ignore, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Slayer, yeah, Slayer's not my favorite in the big four, but mm. classics. Yeah, you know. Oh, this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram. Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Get yourself a rack. Get yourself a cage. Treat yourself. Get yourself something nice. Treat yourself. Uh, that's right. Fullvisapparel.com. Also using the code THN at checkout. THN listeners and viewers like you get that exclusive THN code and get you 15% off your order. Uh, you do not get that code anywhere else but here. Remember that. Uh, cold-blooded caffeine the morning's coming quick wake up be caffeinated but don't don't use nest cafe get get cold-blooded caffeine that's and, sweet sweet bean that's, juice that's right gotta talk to trey about our our upcoming release yes to get the get that ironed out and figured out because i'm sure that will require an episode of course uh, and then puget sound pythons check them out Follow them on Morph Market. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram. All that good stuff. 
we will be back Thursday for THP. Uh, everyone have a good evening. Bye.